Hello everyone and welcome back to the Underground Mess Off, Finn McHale here. And today we're going to be reviewing chapter 49 of Record of Ragnarok, titled The Legend of the Netherworld. Now, I know I'm a little late getting this chapter out and that's partly my fault because I should have checked because all of the news regarding the chapter release around chapter 48 only stated one chapter and I did not realize that a double chapter was going to be released. With that said, this is going to be a little bit shorter review-wise and it's going to be a little bit heavier on the discussion side. So let's just strap in and get going. So we open up with what we think is the ending of the match in which Zerofuku is on the ground and we see, you know, some people in the stands and Gel going, oh my god, something's off about Zerofuku. Well, what actually happened is Buddha reverted him back to his original form and his horns have fallen on the ground. Now, this is a big thing. I had to go back on the previous chapters and we'll discuss why. So, Zerofuku, he's thinking about, wow, he's so happy, you know, especially now that he's back to his original form. And, you know, we see the Valkyries, we see Kojiro Sasaki, and we see two of the other human fighters of whose names I can't remember right now. We see them looking on, you know, in an approving way and very happy. And so, while Zerofuku is talking about, like, he's, you know, he wants to try and believe again and, you know, finding a different way to make people happy, we notice the horns start to shake a bit and develop these screw-like protrusions. And Zerofu talks about loving himself. Well, as this happens, they shoot into his head, and we see his eyes bug out, and they start to ingrain himself in his skull, and we see this very, very horrific, zombified-looking Zero lurch up, at least in the face, and Buddha's like, what's going on? Hey, Zero, what's going on? And... Heimdallir is commenting on this, and we see this wicked transformation where the horns extend, and then they go in and out of Zero's chest hole and his mouth. It, it's really crazy. And everybody's trying to figure out what's going on. And the horns come back and erupt back out of Zerofuku's mouth and chest hole, and then they insert themselves back in, at least, at least what it's looking like from here. And he has that hollow zombified look again. And we see Zeto screaming, I don't, I don't yearn for. And we don't get what he's saying, but he's trying to say he doesn't yearn for something anymore. And while this happens, two dragons shoot out of the holes. And this is what Heimdallir comments on, and a big storm cloud engulfs the sky of the arena everybody's looking on in horror because they're trying to understand Zero's screaming for help and buddha's trying to help him but he can't because the dragon starts surrounding him and they start to do this weird spiral motion around him faster into this egg-like structure while this happens you know everybody's just in shock well we see the this egg thing kind of hatch also we get this line from Aphrodite saying how how unsightly, not to my taste at all, which implies she kind of knows what's going on, which I'm really interested in that if she does. We see Zero's hands emerge through the egg and it hatch, and everybody is shocked. And I want to point out who's shocked. We see, I think it's Shin. Yeah, I think it's Shin, who is also one of the earlier fighter human fighters looking on 
Kojiro Sasaki, Gal Brunhilda, Loki, and Odin, as well as Zeus, have that exclamation point surprise. And then we focus on Zuda and we see and we get the narration of was the reason the Buddha let back in that instant as if out of reflex or he could see what was coming. Nay, he couldn't see what it was because he couldn't see what was coming, really. Which we find out later, but while there's a break, we see this just Goliath demon come out that has the appearance of Zarafugu, but it's just huge. And so we get the other half saying it was the simple fact he couldn't see anything past what was going on. And this includes his divine foresight ability. Buddha asks, who the hell are you? And while this happens, we cut away to this hall and we get some rumblings and we get to a door with a fly. Now, for those of you who are already ahead of me, you should know who we're about to meet. We go into this room. And we see these vials full of tools and creatures and whatnot. And someone's watching the fight on a screen and hearing Heimdallir going, Zerofuku's changed form for the second no for the third time. And we see that it's Beelzebub who is commenting on this, saying that's what became of that, these horns. And he says that white light and black shadows blending... The horns of the netherworld shall awaken and eternal darkness be born. The berserker from the legends of the netherworld, demon lord of the six heaven, Hajun. And, you know, we see the blood and everything kind of wipe away. And then the last scene of the chapter is Hajun going divine retribution cometh. There's a couple major takeaways I want to point out. The... First is that the horns, I wonder if we're going to delve into the backstory of this because back in chapters 44 and 45, if I'm remembering correctly, we see Zerofuku, both young Zerofuku and enraged Zerofuku or despair Zerofuku have these horns. We know that he's had them this whole time. Now they floated around him. They weren't part of his head. And so it makes me wonder, did Beelzebub mess with them at some point? Another thing, too, is Beelzebub knows what's going on, and so does Aphrodite, interestingly enough. And that makes me wonder if they're kind of in cahoots, because Zeus and Hermes looked shocked, and so did Odin and Loki, and they're kind of, you know, four of the major... I guess, big leaders within the gods. And so it's interesting that Zeus doesn't know what's going on, especially since like he's the leader, essentially. Another thing too, and this is the final major point I want to go off of, is the name Hajun. So I looked him up, and so I really couldn't find anything describing a Hajun, but I could find this... Demon Lord, and his name is Papias, who is a devil king. And the reason why I'm bringing him up is because, so, within Buddhism, he attempts to obstruct people's Buddhist practice and prevent them from attaining enlightenment. Now, 
that doesn't really mean much because Papias, you know, we just know, oh, he's the devil king of the sixth heaven in the world of desire. And the sixth heaven is Naraka. So that's hell. Now, while Papias might not sound familiar, it is synonymous with the word Mara. And for anyone who's played Persona 5 or any of the Persona or Shin Megami Tensei games, you should know who this is. And not just because of the design, obviously. I'm not going to say, but it's pretty inappropriate. It has to be censored in a lot of PG YouTube videos. Mara is... Within Buddhism, he was a celestial king who tempted Prince Siddhartha by trying to seduce him with beautiful women. And in a lot of legends, they are his own daughters. And he fails. Now, he has the same role as Pavias in that he tries to prevent Buddhists, mainly Buddha, from attaining enlightenment. So, this is basically, from my understanding, Japanese Mara. Not one-to-one, -one, but in terms of the role they serve is that they serve as obstacles for enlightenment. Now, this kind of is interesting because I guess this will actually be the last point then. So, in my first video on the podcast, which is very, very new, you can tell, like I was very new to this. I talked about how Buddha might die because some of the symbology we got early on and the symbolism. And for the most part, I thought I was actually going to be wrong because of the way this fight went on. However, now that we're at this point, I think it can go either way, which I think is really good. Like I said, I think this fight so far, especially with what's going on in the introduction of Beelzebub, it's really expanded and is just a lot better developed i think than adam versus zeus i think adam versus zeus was just really good thematically but within the story you know the context of the story i think this is the best fight so far i also think it's interesting because if buddha does die this would be great because record of ragnarok is really subverting a lot of stories and tropes that we already know about the gods so i could definitely see this going the route of hey by the way um what if the sixth demon lord of heaven actually won that could still play into later on how buddha might achieve true enlightenment because what if the enlightenment he has now is not the true enlightenment we never know but i think i'm going to end on that I understand I'm late with this, but I really hope, you know, you all enjoy this. It is a bit on the shorter side, but that is because there's a lot more instant exposition and not a lot of real buildup or major development. It's major introductions, not major development past the introductions, at least from what I'm seeing. With that in mind, though, this has been a Bandolier Core production, and this is Finn McHale signing out.